18th of September, 2019. We're coming to you after the Razorbacks uh, 55 to 34, I believe, victory over Colorado State Rams on uh, Saturday. Uh, nice to get a win, Johnny Favell. Been a while. Been a while since we've gotten one. Um, yeah, we won. <laughs> a lot of teams would like to be two and one, Jimmy G. Yes. <laughs> they don't call him the best color man in sports for nothing. Hey, I didn't. It's uh, it's just overwhelming to have as many wins in mid-September as we had all of last year. <laughs> uh, Tom Logan, we believe, will join us in progress. As always, Tom out hunting up the uh, juicy stories on the Razorback beat. So we anticipate we'll we'll hear from him uh, as the show moves on. Okay, guys, a explosion in the fourth quarter. Again, another non-Razorback-esque quality that we saw on Saturday afternoon in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. A uh, veritable plethora of points by the Hogs, highlighted by a CG CJ O'Grady 65-yard touchdown pass, which uh, I think involved him shaking six Colorado State tacklers in the course of his way to the end zone. So, Johnny, to you first, your thoughts on the performance against Colorado State? Started off like a house on fire offensively, not so much defensively, uh, giving up a 75-yard touchdown untouched uh, on the second play of the game. Um, What we settled in after that, Got up twenty-one to seven in the first quarter, twenty-four to fourteen, I believe, after the first quarter, and we kind of went in the ice box for about two quarters. Uh, the the uh, Colorado State made some adjustments. We seemed like we took our foot off the gas a little bit. Um, they uh, we, we were kind of gouging with the run a little bit. They shored that up, got after our quarterback a little bit, didn't let our, our downfield routes develop. And uh, made it a game. So, um, you know, going let's. I'm happy we won, but let's please remember with about 12 minutes left in that game, Colorado State lined up for to kick a field goal to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, luckily, they they missed it by about 10 feet, and we kind of reeled off a couple of quick touchdowns and got a scoop and a score. Um, there's there's positives and negatives. I don't think that you can deny how much more talented Starkle is and how much more upside he has. Something we talked about extensively last week. Um, our offensive line uh, did a better job. I think we had over 300 yards passing, 200 yards rushing. I think they were better, although Colorado State won't ever be mistaken for an SEC-level defense. But, guys, our defense is still lacking. Um, gave up 425 yards, 34 points. Could have been 40 pretty easily. Um, I don't see the improvement in the defense we continue to be promised. And you you can't help but think that's going to catch up with us. Yeah, don't disagree with any of that. Um, Jimmy G, I'm turning to you now. And do you kind of agree with Johnny's view of the game, or do you see it a little differently since you were there in person? Um, well, I mean, you can't deny that, you know, we had some struggles on defense. Uh Obviously, the first play of the game, you know, 75 yards, touchdown, uh, untouched. And, um, then, you know, some big play, a big pass play, the play that tied it at 34. Um, but I don't 
know that that's so much. I mean, obviously our talent level is down, but the recruiting is picking up under him. I I would attribute more of that to Chavis than anything. Um, I'm not. I've never been a big John Chavis fan, even when he was at uh, Tennessee. I, I thought their defense gave up a lot of big plays on third and longs. Um, I, you know, he had a ton of talent, like some first round NFL picks at A and M, and they were still not. They weren't hard to score on. Um, so I I just attribute more of that to Chavis' scheme. I don't. I'm not impressed with him. I never have been. So uh, I think we're okay. I this part compared to last year, we're light years ahead. Um, you know, the, I mean, Colorado State, that was a team that we fell apart in the fourth quarter last year. Uh, we dominated the fourth quarter this year, which was a good sign, something we haven't done in a long time. Starkle, clearly, I mean, it's obvious that he's better than Hicks. Uh, there wasn't any thought at any point in that game of rotating them in and out. Uh, so, you know, so he had good tempo on offense. Things seem to be going well. I mean, 500 yards, it's hard to complain about that. Uh, and, you know, this is a team that struggled to move the ball some against Portland State. So, I mean, Colorado State, yes, they aren't going to be confused with uh, top-notch SEC defenses or any SEC defense, but neither is Portland State. So, uh, the improvement from week one to week three is nice to see. Uh, but still, other than this weekend – against San Jose State and then an odd game in November against Western Kentucky. You know, we got seven SEC games left. (laughs) So, um, enjoy this one. Enjoy Saturday because I don't think that's going to be much of a problem. Um, As much as any Arkansas game can be not much of a problem. I mean, it's not going to be like the heyday. We're probably not going to win 55-3 to or anything, but I don't think we'll – be sweating it out and honestly even when they tied it i i never got the sense that we were going to lose that game um you know it was it, I, thought, I just thought it was closer than it needed to be and uh that's again that's arkansas just not being used to winning games and uh hopefully this helps with that um but i agree with johnny i mean there's obviously any game i think arkansas plays is going to be filled with positives and negatives i mean we're not going to certainly this crew's not going to play a perfect game and if they have games that's all negatives then you know we're in deeper trouble than I could even imagine because I, I think there's so many young players they're at least going to have some bright spots throughout a game no matter who we're playing okay uh welcome Tom Logan thank you good to be here uh the heels of a win We've just uh, gone around the horn to Johnny and Jimmy G to give their thoughts on Colorado State, so it's your turn. Just kind of a quick overview of what you saw Saturday that you liked or what you didn't like. Well, I didn't hear Johnny. I caught the tail end of Jimmy G, and I, I agree with uh, with what he said. I, I really – it just always felt like we were going to win that game, which is a little unusual being a Razorback fan to ever feel that way. Um, but uh, it just, you know – we did. It did seem like it was closer than it needed to be, and um, in our defense, obviously, giving up the big run right off the bat was was discouraging. But you know, the offense really moved the ball well. I thought Starkle um, Starkle played well. That opened up some running lanes for Boyd. Uh, Whaley seemed to run well. We we found some 
guys out of the backfield a couple of times, and our young receivers um, were really growing up. So there were a lot of positives uh, on offense. No matter who you're playing, you know, 55 points is a lot of points. Um, and, um, you know, the defense is is still, you know, going to be a problem. But um, – but it was it, it was the it was certainly the most encouraging game of the season, which isn't saying much. But yeah, I do think I mean I think Starkle in the in the off with the offense completely changes the look of the offense and gives you some hope for the future. Okay, I'm gonna turn the page to San Jose State, but you all are always welcome to go back and talk about Colorado State as we move into this week's game. Uh, another sort of game where I don't know that the Razorbacks will be tested this week. San Jose, <laughs> they're no Colorado State. Um, so don't know too much about them other than, you know, Fitzhill used to be there and they've pretty much been woeful other than like one year that I can remember. So uh, keep the same order. Johnny, you want to talk about this week's game? I know absolutely nothing about San Jose State. Um, I don't think I've seen them play ever that I can remember. Actually, the Hogs played San Jose State once, didn't we? A couple about twenty years ago. I thought we played them when Fitzhill was there. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't mean you know San Jose State. I think they're one and two and one on the season, or one and one. I think they they beat some like a directional Colorado school, and Tulsa just trounced them. And Tulsa's been no great shakes. Hell, I don't remember since Cragthorpe was there. But so you know, I, 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 this is a game we should win. This is a game we should score a lot of points. I think Tulsa may have scored thirty-five or forty. I, this is just a game we're better than them. Um, if we don't really, I really want to see jumps by the defense. Um, I, I do think we could probably get what we want offensively against San Jose State. Um, I want to see – I'm like like Jimmy G said, I, I'd like to see us hold them to 10 or less. That that defense needs something good to happen to them. Uh, if we're giving up yards to San Jose State, it might be really time to sound the alarm bell. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm skeptical we can do that. I really am. I, I want that to happen. I'd like for us to, to really lock them down, hold them to under 200 yards, maybe less than 10 points. But uh, – Experience tells me that's unlikely. Okay. Um, Jimmy G, San Jose State, thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know much about San Jose State. Um, I hope I know even less about them after the game Saturday. Um, I, I just want to see what we're doing. Um, you know, I think if we could get out to a big lead early and then play a lot of guys because, you know – you know, depth is a concern for us, and uh, you know, any chance you get to put young guys in the game and get them some game experience is good. So, and we didn't really get to do that as much as we probably planned on against uh, Portland State. So, uh, if you could really kind of improve off uh, last Saturday, get your offense going early, and then you know, play a lot of young guys on offense and defense if possible. Um, especially defense because, you know, we're banged up uh, a little bit. And uh, I know we started putting some younger guys in during the game against Colorado State, which may have attributed to some of the 
breakdowns, though. I don't know why we would have had – I didn't notice, like, you know, 11 new guys out there uh, in the second quarter. But um, so I think this is a game where you try to get some guys healthy. Uh, you know, Bumper Pool and Cam Curl both uh, were out for a while. I know Curl came back in the game. But uh, Pool, I would probably expect not to play. Saturday would be my guess. I haven't really seen anything on him since uh, Saturday, but uh, I wouldn't imagine he'll play. So, yeah, get a lot of guys in there, and uh, I'm sure Logan can fill us more in on San Jose State because he uh, had great confidence in their ability to beat Tulsa a couple weeks ago. So I'll I'll let him speak to San Jose State because I know that was his sleeper pick. Good memory, Jimmy G. Tom? Uh, well, you know, I was really banking on the uh, carryover effect from Pitts Hill leaving. Uh, to, <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> to, to really post, push their chance up over the edge of Tulsa. And Tulsa's struggles uh, since the Cragthorpe era. I haven't heard the name I haven't heard in at least a decade, I think. But um, was Gus before or after Cragthorpe? He was. I think he was after. <laughs> uh, but he wasn't. Was he the head coach there? Yeah. He was oh. No, he, no, he was only a coordinator. Yeah, no, I thought Todd was Graham. The dude that yeah. went to Rice. The dude that went to Rice was the Tulsa head coach when Malzahn was, was there. Okay. Well, um, anyway, I, I don't know anything about San Jose State other than they got pummeled by Tulsa, although that may have been just because I picked him as a sleeper. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, uh, but I agree with, with what everybody said. It would be it sure would be nice to have some good things happen on defense. I do think we're going to be able to score as much as we want offensively. Um, and um, which, which is good, too. Hopefully we'll continue that. Get to have another good offensive performance would be two positive step forwards. Um, but it would be nice to add a little defense when we need them. And, you know, going into A&M in two weeks is a big deal. So, um, you know, I don't know anything about them uh, other than they're 0-1 when Logan picks them. So, uh, <laughs> it's a death. Well, uh We'll see what happens when the pick section comes around. <laughs> uh, Johnny, just one last concluding note on San Jose State and Colorado State. Uh, Limpert back on track, at one one might say, grooving a 55-yarder. 55-yarder, but that wasn't the impressive thing. That thing would have been good from 70. I mean, it was just newt. Um, you know, I, he's always had a pretty strong leg, but, boy, the ball is just jumping off his foot this year. Um, you know, he, he had to kick off seven times the other day. He might have gotten tired. I think the only one he didn't get out of the back of the end zone was the seventh one. But uh, he's having a really good year. Uh, his accuracy has always been pretty good. Seems to be even better this year. He's, he's only missed one field goal all year, although it was kind of a bad miss. But, um, yeah, it, it's his. he's gotten – remember Cole Hedlund, the All-American, had to almost had to redshirt to work on his leg strength. Um, but Limpert seems to have really got even developed a a stronger, a strong leg into a stronger leg. Uh, he's been a bright spot. He, he's, he, he may get a look, uh, look in the NFL. Good. All right. Anybody have any final thoughts on San Jose? 
All right. I, I'm, I'm sorry to steal Jimmy G's thunder about special teams. I know that's his that's his uh, wheelhouse. So, Jimmy G, go ahead. And, well, like I, you. I mean, your opinion of Limper is way higher than mine. So, his <laughs> <laughs> rock solid would not be the word I would use to describe any kicker. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm glad somebody's confident. Um, he did groove that kick, though. That's uh, I said on about the 20 yard line on the end where he was kicking towards, and uh, I was like, man, he boomed that ball, and the dude next to me goes, that would have been good for 58. I was like, what? I was already 55. <laughs> I was like, I was laughing, and I said, now, it didn't hit very high at the net. So, I mean, I don't, but it would have been good from at least over 60. So, um, it was a really, it was a good kick. So, um, I just wonder if it's easier for some of those guys to hit those than it is the 40-something yarders. Because you feel like on those fifty yarders, they're just—they're not even worried about accuracy. Almost, they're just yeah, they're just kicking the dog in. out of it, so yeah. they don't think about it as much. You get like a forty-two or forty-three yarder, they're like, okay, I should be able to make this, and that's—I don't know—but it was good to see him, especially after his performance against Ole Miss, where he was kind of shaky. Um, I don't know. Did anybody talk about the punter, Loy? What is that? Did Loy punt? I was not even really paying attention. We tried out the punt team. Um, so, no, nobody did talk about the punter. So you're more. How many times? I don't think we punted. Yeah, like, did he even punt? How many times did we punt? Well, I saw Lloyd kicking into the net down in front of me a few times. <laughs> so um, maybe you're just trying to impress co-eds. I don't know. Um, uh, but anyway, that's all. No, I no, we did punt because remember the sequence where we were going to punt and everybody booed. And then we ran the offense out there after the timeout. Got a penalty. And we got the <laughs> delay a game, or we got a full start, and then we ended up hunting. Yeah. <laughs> was that? Was that? Uh, I know Perfect. I checked my email at one point and had about fifteen messages. They all said "hammer down." So I mean, then about the time that happened. Yeah, I mean, it was like it wasn't like it. We were across the fifty. It was the right call was to punt, although it was like fourth at about two inches. So. Patrick, you're a you're a Big Ten Woody Hayes and Hayden Prize three yards in a cloud of dust guy. Are you the right guy to say the right decision to punt? No. <laughs> you just said that we were on the thirty five. A little look ahead, Jimmy G, but I'll just say one thing: punting is winning. Punting is winning. <laughs> All right. Well, we close the book on that, Jimmy G. I'll turn it over to you for the picks. Uh, okay. Good week. Um, Patrick and Johnny both were uh, five and one. Uh, Johnny missed on his uh, Iowa State pick. Uh, that was a very close game. Um, a lot of weird things went on there. And then uh, Patrick, your only miss was uh, you, had, of course, were down on the Hogs, so you had Colorado State winning, um, which you know that didn't come come true. So I'm sure you're happy to have missed that pick. Uh, well, the whole crew nailed that Georgia win over Arkansas State. Uh, <laughs> wow. Boom. <laughs> t- tough outing for the Red Wolves. I didn't hear much chirping from uh, their the Twitterati that usually says nothing bad about Arkansas State, cause, which feels like it's patronizing because, you know, if you're a real program, there should be a little bit of criticism. But, uh, yeah, 55 to nothing, I don't think that's what they planned on. When they, and Georgia certainly, as we as – we, as I know I said – might be a little flat looking ahead to Notre Dame. That was not the case. Um, they came out and stomped on Arkansas State from the get-go. Uh, UCF, whew, man, 
They laid, Man, that was ugly. They laid waste to Stanford. Um, I'm just going to make fun of Tom for that because uh, I I said UCF would blow out Stanford, but I just on principle couldn't pick Stanford. Tom actually thought Stanford would win. So, And I think there's audio to prove that, by the way. <laughs> Somewhere uh, was. StreamYard. <laughs> StreamYard may have lost that. <laughs> Tom again with a stellar pick. Uh, Kentucky, the rest of us had Florida winning. Um, and Florida won. Tom got eight. hosed on that. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, let's see. Uh, then the sleeper picks. Um, Tom and I both whiffed. Uh, Ball State, close loss to um, whoever, uh, Lane Kiffin. And then Florida State. Uh, boy, a tight game with Virginia, but they ended up losing. And then uh, Patrick and Johnny both hit their first sleepers of the year. Oh, uh, feels good. Feels real good. In K State. Um, so anyway, the standings right now. Um, I'm twelve and eight. I'm sorry, twelve and six. Uh, Patrick's eleven and seven. Johnny's ten and eight, and Tom is uh, nine and nine. So um, five hundred or better. Yeah, good job, Tom. Just like Wally. Let's try to, <laughs> let's try to keep that in perspective. Um, let's see. This week, though, good slate of games. It was actually hard to narrow it down to just five. So, which is uh, last week, it was hard to find any games to pick. So, uh, excited about that. We'll start off with the Big 12. Oklahoma State, uh, undefeated right now. Uh, they just whipped Tulsa, who we already know just dominated San Jose State, the Hogs opponent. So, uh, the Cowpokes, Cowpokes are looking good, and they're going to Texas, playing the Longhorns. Um, Ooh. Who bounced back with a Southwest Conference win over Rice, I believe, from Texas Stadium last week. Um, I know Rice is located in Houston, but I think Texas had a few more fans there. <laughs> so, um, but a pretty good win for Texas. Uh, they The score was, I remember looking at it, and I thought I was looking at the old game programs at Arkansas in the late 70s and early 80s that would have all the Southwest Conference scores. And uh, Texas beat Rice accordingly. Uh, just like those late 70s, early, mid-80s scores when they would dominate Rice. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know what uniforms Oklahoma State's wearing, but I'm sure there'll be something spectacular. Uh, Patrick, we'll start with you. Um, Oklahoma State is going to be saddened, depressed. The loss of their great benefactor, T. Boone Pickens, passed away recently. They're going to be dispirited. They usually go down, and they usually give Texas a game in Austin and lose in some heartbreaking fashion. Not this week. I think Texas rolls them um, 38 to 17. Uh, quick Texas OSU note. Wasn't it one year we were uh, tailgating and uh, hanging out on the U of A campus, and Texas and Oklahoma State were supposed to be in a big shootout. The final was like 10-7. Yeah. Like 13 10 or something. I, I think it was uh, I, Tom wasn't there, but I think it was uh, Patrick and Johnny and myself were uh, all the It was like overtime 10 7 yeah, or like something that. weird, like 16 13, something like that. Really bizarre. Um, but uh, yeah, I would expect there to be a little bit more scoring than that. Johnny? Gonna go with Texas here. Um, you know, LSU, I think this year is really good, and Texas. Had a, a pretty pretty big battle with them. Much better competition than Oklahoma State's played this far. Thus far, I think their sternest test has been Oregon State. Still kind of on the decline. Um, I just think that experience playing a more talented LSU team is going to pay off for Texas. Um, also, OSU, although 
getting a lot of points, a lot of yards. You got a freshman under center. Well, they don't get under center much, but you know what I mean. But I think, big, I think Ellinger has a big day. I think the Texas defense, no real great shakes, but I think just a hair better than OSU maybe gets in the freshman's face a little bit. Um, high scoring affair. Neither team is going to really just lock down anybody, but Texas is a little bit better defensively, a little bit more experience offensively. I'm going to take Texas final score 44-35. Tom? <clears throat> I'm going to stick with Texas too. Um, I think they're the. I think they're just better this year. They're on a good trajectory. The LSU game, uh, you know, they ran into a, a very good uh, LSU offense that they struggled with. I do think they're going to play better against Oklahoma State. They don't have quite the horses uh, that LSU has, and their offense has been impressive this year. So I, I like Texas. I do think they get into the 40s. Uh, it should be an entertaining game, though. I'm going to go Texas 42-31. All right, I like the Longhorns as well. Um, I don't like either one of these teams. It would be nice if they both could lose, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, probably. Good, prob- probably not going to. <laughs> the good thing is this game is at 6.30, the same time as our game, so I don't have to worry about seeing the snap of it. So that's the best <laughs> thing. So I'm going to say Texas uh, at home. Uh, wow. 35 to 20. All right. Um, big SEC West game. Uh, I believe it's CBS in the afternoon. We've got a CBS doubleheader. Uh, this is the 2.30 game. It's going to be uh, Auburn visiting Texas A&M. So, uh, both teams ranked in the top 20. Auburn is undefeated. A&M's only loss is that 24-10 loss at uh, number one Clemson. So it'll be an interesting battle. I'm sure Kyle Field will be cranked up and ready to go. Uh, well, uh, Tom Logan. Well, this is this is interesting. This is uh, obviously the first uh, big SEC uh, game of the year. Um, at least the you know one that people are looking forward to. <clears throat> Auburn seems like seems like they were behind that whole game against Oregon, and I guess they were, but they found a way to win. Credit to them. They got a young freshman quarterback going into Kyle Field uh, on the road and real visiting atmosphere for the first time. That's going to be tough. And Texas A&M, you know, they, they – I thought they equipped themselves – acquitted themselves pretty well um, down in Death Valley. They had, they had an early lead. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've got players. So, um, I, I think I'm going to go with the Aggies here at home. Uh just it, it could it's going to be a tight game. It could go either way. I think it'll be a low scoring game, but I think the home court, home field advantage and the freshman quarterback for Auburn just makes it too tough. So I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go a And M twenty to seventeen. Okay, um, I'm gonna pick Auburn. Um, I I like Tom's thinking there. With- uh, freshman going into Kyle Field. I, I do think Hicks is, will be helped out with that Oregon game. I know it wasn't a road game, but you know it was on a neutral site. Uh, they were down. They faced a lot of adversity. Uh, so he's faced a big-time program. <coughs> I think A&M is uh, really good. I agree. They, they did play pretty well at Clemson. I don't think they were ever a threat to win that game. But they, you know, they, they didn't let Clemson uh, – they didn't let the game get away from them, which is always a possibility against a team like uh, the defending national champs. But uh, I, I don't know. This game's tough to call. 
I just have a feeling this may set up to be a special season for Auburn. Uh, it's one of those they have every seems every about four or five years they have kind of a special season. I think this may be it. So I'm going to go with Auburn. No real reason why, uh, except maybe they've been, you know, they won their big uh, early season game and A&M did not. Uh, Auburn. 23 A&M 21. Johnny? I think this is one of those games where both teams are going to try to run the football. Um, Auburn wants to protect uh, Knicks, not put him in, in any bad situations, uh, especially against a team. That, that, that I mean, they haven't done it against some of their non-conference foes. Uh, Kent State, and I, I can't remember who their other non-conference foe was, but uh, they really have not wanted to ask very much uh, of Knicks. Rely on that running game. Um, put him in situations where uh, he can be successful. A and M's going to want to do a lot of the same too. They want to control the clock. They want to uh, you know run the football, be physical. So I think it's going to be a low scoring game because of that. The game's going to be um, you know not not a lot of stoppages in play. So I think it's going to be low scoring. It's got to go with the home team here. A little bit more experience, maybe a little bit more physicality. Uh, on the offensive line, a little bit more certain in what they want to do. Maybe take a, a few more chances offensively, where I don't think Auburn's going to want to do that at all. Um, like A&M at home, four-point favorites. Um, I'm going to take the uh, Aggies' final score, 21-14. Patrick? Yep, A&M is the pick. I just think this is a tough, tough lift for a uh, – young Auburn quarterback to go down there, Kyle Field, CBS, and win this game. Um, just think it's too much. It, he seems like he's doing well. He kind of pulled it together against Oregon at the end, but I don't see it happening. I think Texas A&M is too good. Um, A&M wins 29, Auburn 22. Swap me style there. All right. Uh We'll move to the Big Ten. Uh, their game, uh, Michigan at Wisconsin. Uh, the old 11 a.m. kick for Wisconsin. Um, back to the days of the ESPN first starting out with those. Uh, except now at Fox, that's their big game of the day now on Fox is their 11 a.m. kick. So Big uh, big noon Saturday? Yeah, <laughs> big noon Saturday. I like it. Um, so, uh, get things going. Urban Meyer and the crew making their picks right before this game kicks off. Uh I don't know if they've got a headgear guy yet, um, but uh, maybe that'll happen Saturday. Maybe they'll go on site. I know they're usually in studio, but maybe they'll basically completely rip off game day. Um, <laughs> and Madison, not a bad place to be, I guess. Uh, so, um, let's see. I'll start. Um, Michigan, not real impressive this year. Wisconsin has been so far. Uh, competition. Maybe suspect. Uh, I I'm tempted to pick Michigan, but I I just don't know if they're going to be able to score enough points. And I think Wisconsin's running attack will get going, and, and uh, they'll probably wear down Michigan. It's not going to be the same running attack that Michigan saw against Army, but Wisconsin uh, obviously probably a better offensive line. And, I mean, more traditional than a, the wishbone attack, but they've got. Some really good running backs, including Taylor, who's going to be a high, maybe a Heisman candidate. Um, so I think maybe by the second half, 
Wisconsin's worn down that Michigan defense because I don't know how much help the Michigan offense is going to be. And uh, tight game, and they break it open late in the fourth quarter. I like uh, Wisconsin. Oh man, twenty-seven to thirteen. Johnny, agree. I'm going to go with Badgers. You know, Wisconsin. You know, has has been really good on third down, both offensively and defensively. Uh, haven't been turning the ball over. It looks kind of like a you know well coached, historic Wisconsin team with a little bit of explosion. As whereas, you know, the Wolverines, Michigan just hasn't hasn't seemed in sync. I do think you'll see a better Michigan team uh, with having a week off from the Army game. Um, I just think Wisconsin's got a little bit of firepower and a little bit sharper, a little crisper thus far this year. Early season game for two teams, two undefeated teams. Uh, maybe later in the season, if if Michigan kind of gets their stuff together, they'll be a little more crisp. But I think right now, you got to go with the Badgers. Uh, I think they'll be a little, little bit more finely tuned. Um, they they have neither one of them played just really super impressive schedules, but uh, just like the Badgers, final score, twenty eight. 24. Um, um, I, I'm going to go with Michigan. Um, I don't have any real reason to do that other than um, it just feels like Michigan is a better team than they've showed. And um, this is the kind of game that it feels like they may kind of pull it together. I, I don't think – they're as good a team as as people thought they were, but I do think they're better than than uh, what they've let on. And um, you know, they I'm certain they were they're pointing to they've been pointing to this game uh, early season and been game game planning for it. And uh, you know, Wisconsin's got a great running game, but I I just. I just got the feeling that Michigan's going to hang around long enough and maybe make a special teams play or get a turnover and pull it out. Um, it should be a really tough physical game at 11 a.m., but I'm going to go with the Wolverines 17 to 13. Patrick? Yep, I'm going Wisconsin <laughs> um, as well. I, I just don't think I, I don't think. I'm not a Michigan believer. Um, Harbaugh's had his issues. I just don't think they get this done. I, I don't think this can. This will be Michigan's breakout game. I think Wisconsin's too good. They're rested. They're they're the class of the Big Ten West. Um, I think they get it done. Uh, score. I think they're they'll score a lot because uh, I think they've got some offensive weapons. Wisconsin forty one. Michigan, 29. Okay. Way um, over. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 70 points. Um, all right, primetime, CBS game. Uh, and you have to figure they don't get a shot at having Notre Dame on the airways very often. So uh, you have to figure Notre Dame going to Georgia. Uh, we're going to hit that slot, and it is 7 o'clock kick in Athens. Um Evidently, this may be reverse of what Notre Dame gets a lot when they play these teams that have never played Notre Dame Stadium. I'm hearing that Notre Dame is going to have a lot of fans in Athens. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's like there. 
Um, big playoff implications. Uh, the winner of this game uh, looks like they should have a, you know, especially if it's Notre Dame, because their schedule really opens up uh, after this. You go to Athens and win. Uh, just ask Arkansas State. Um, not easy place to play. So, uh, Johnny, Notre Dame, Georgia. Georgia's just been a machine so far. Um, very efficient. Very, I mean, just razor sharp. And uh, it's hard for me to go against the dogs at home. Uh, so, you know, Notre Dame has been, been running the ball fairly well. Uh, haven't really been super, you know, I mean, I'd say not, not, not big numbers in the passing game, but, but uh, Book's been sufficient. Um, helping out in the run game as well, too. But I just – Georgia has so many athletes on the defensive line. They've just been so efficient. Um, it's just hard to think that, that they're going to be – you know, it, it's hard to think they're going to lose very many times at home. Notre Dame obviously does have a lot of talent. Um, I just kind of go with the dogs. I think they'll get off to a good start. Um, I think Georgia will probably – uh, feed off the crowd. I think it's going to, like Jimmy G alluded to, it's going to be quite an insane crowd. Um, take the dogs. Final score, 31-20. Patrick? It's, this feels like a game that Notre Dame is going to be really jacked up for and completely lay an egg. And I may be wrong about this. I just don't have a good feeling about them going against this Georgia squad, especially um, this Georgia team looks very, very good, very, very solid on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I just don't see Notre Dame going in here and pulling out the win. I think Georgia's going to – it's going to get out of hand late. And, um, gosh, final score – 42 Notre Dame 21 Tom uh, sticking with uh, Georgia give uh, give Jimmy G the chance to double up the catch up um, I don't need to catch up <laughs> uh, that's think, true uh, I'm going to take the dog face here. Tom Logan face oh, I've already got mine Michigan when the Wolverines go dancing in Madison Get full hey, game on the crew. Uh, anyway, I, I, th- I think uh, I think <laughs> Georgia uh, is. I agree with. They just look like a a, a wrecking crew right now. Um, you know, better frankly than than any team in the SEC has looked. And um, and, and Notre Dame. It's just man, it's just that's just going to be tough to tough to do. They're you know they're going to be jacked up for the game, and Jimmy G's right. Notre Dame wins this game. You can you can pencil them in to the to the playoffs really because they'd have to lose two to to lose that spot. You have to think, and so um, I you know it's this is a huge what an opportunity for Notre Dame. It's going to be similar to their opportunity to, to play SEC foe Arkansas next year, uh, where a win so there can really so set, set the table for a national title run. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think they've got. I don't think they got the horses. Uh, Georgia seems to be a maturing into, uh, you know, potentially the best program in the SEC. 
um, and and the rival in the East to Alabama's in the West. So I'm, I like Georgia. I think they win, and I think it's I think it you know the game is not out of hand, but I don't think it's ever in doubt. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia 45, Notre Dame 24. Okay. Um, and I'm not playing defense here. Uh, I do have a double. I've got Auburn. Everybody else has A&M. So, I've already had my one uh, out there pick. Uh, meanwhile, Johnny and Patrick are just uh, puppeting each other. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Georgia. Uh, and, I mean, there's no chicanery here. I mean, I think they're just a better team. Uh, Notre Dame certainly talented, uh, maybe a little overranked this year, but probably not too much. I think they're a top 15 team, but maybe top 10 is a little high. But, you know, going to Athens is going to be a tough ask. The only good thing they've got going for them is the Georgia student section is wanting to have a blackout. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, well, and at the student section, I think they, like, clarified today that they mean they want the fans to wear black. They want the team just to wear red. So I don't think the team is wearing black, unlike that that Stafford game with the – they wore all black and got pummeled by Alabama. Um, I think it's just a fan blackout. It's not – I think the actual Georgia team is going to wear their regular red uniform. So um, that may temper that somewhat. But, uh, I, you know, it's going to be tough for, for Notre Dame going in there and scoring up points to win unless Georgia just gets a turnover happy. And I don't – you know, I'm not a huge Fromm. I mean, I like Jake Fromm. As I, I've watched that QB1 special on Netflix. Seems like a good guy. Um, I'm just not the biggest Fromm fan as far as under center. Uh, he's good. I don't think he's as great as uh, he's made out to be. Um, but unless they start turning over a bunch – I don't think Notre Dame can put up enough points. So I'm going to take Georgia uh, 35 to 21, uh, only because I saw I picked Texas 35 to 20. So I'll give Notre Dame the extra point. So 35 21. Uh, anyway, that's all the national game. We'll uh, roll back to San Jose State at Arkansas. That's what our, our listeners have probably been waiting for. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll go first. Um, I the the spread is about twenty one. Uh, I've got no qualms. Uh, I don't wager on Arkansas games, but if I did, I think twenty one is a lot. A backdoor cover is always a possibility. Uh, the late score there, but I'm going to say Arkansas uh, forty five, San Jose State twenty four, and I think maybe San Jose State scores a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I think Arkansas. Uh, big lead at halftime and then kind of coast in the second half and gets a lot of guys from playing time. Patrick? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Hogs as well. Picked against them last week. They made me pay. Um, mm. Yes. <laughs> they made, Pat Williams. made me pay. My lack of faith. Um, so, can't pick against them this week, even though no one really knows anything other than San Jose's in California. Um, big, I think Starkle's going to keep it going. Um, again, the the negative is our expectate, our fan base's expectations will be sky high for that early morning Big Ten-ish kick against Texas A&M in two weeks. But uh, score, Arkansas 48, San Jose 14. 
Tom? Yeah, Hogs, uh, I think they get into the 50s again. Uh, I like how the offense is clicking, and I think it continues to click against San Jose State. Um, I'm going to go with uh, extra three points for the Hogs this year over or this week over last week. So I'm going to go 58 to uh, 28 uh, San Jose State. Whoa. Yeah, 28. Whoa. All right. Um, and good news, I called my good friend Jim Furyk this week. Uh, and I lined up five-hour energy for Johnny's pick. Oh, nice. <laughs> Legendary five-hour energy guy. Oh, so, uh, we've got five-hour energy. Uh, I hope Johnny can bring the energy like our old pal Jim Furyk. Uh, oh. You think of energy, you think of Jim Furyk. No Furyk's one had more energy than Jimmy F. <laughs> Boy, you know, so got a, I think if you don't, if you don't get yeah. enough sleep, maybe it's some good old, good old cup of joe doesn't do it for you. <laughs> How about some slightly illegal, sugary, <laughs> caffeinated? Hell, maybe it's got meth in it. We don't really know. Five-hour energy will wake you up and keep you going. It'll get your heart racing and your 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 arteries constricted. Just take a just take about take about three or four uh, five-hour energy. Just make sure you've got nine one one on speed dial because it, it works for Jim Furyk. It worked for Jim Furyk. Oh yeah, Jim Furyk makes me want to just he just fires me up. U.S. Open champion, and, and, or maybe not. Well, well, yeah. I, I PGA champion. Synergy with Johnny's uh, Sanka. Oh, Sanka. Oh. Oh. A little five, a little five-hour energy to wake you up and make you have a heart attack. <laughs> well, what everyone's been waiting to hear is the uh, sponsor. So uh, the pick kind of <laughs> is the secondary thought, but I think the Hogs are going to win this week. Obviously, um, I think they are overmatched. Uh, San Jose State. Um, I, I, I wonder a little bit because we saw it at times, even in the games that we lost, of a game that we lost against Ole Miss. Sometimes our focus seems to drift a little bit. Um, you know, you a, a pessimist might say a pessimist might be me uh, in the second and third <laughs> quarter last weekend that we that we sure that we sure as hell don't make any in uh, game adjustments. But I. I wonder. I do wonder if sometimes, you know, we got out to a twenty-one to seven lead. I wonder if our young guys kind of drift a little bit, um, kind of lose a little focus. It seemed like we did a little bit against Ole Miss, even though we were down. Uh, that our our focus tends to, to to drift a little bit. So anyway, I think that may happen a little bit in this game as well. Uh, do think we'll probably be ready to play. Uh, I kind of clown on our win against Colorado State, but knowing where our program was and seeing how excited our guys were, I do think it was a net positive. Uh, I, I hope that our, our program is not such where the wins against Colorado State are celebrated hugely, but I think for those guys at that time, it probably was. I think they'll be ready to play and excited to play at San Jose State. I think we'll come out, um, have a, put together another good first quarter, probably jump on them early, and I think we'll kind of coast for a couple quarters. Uh, maybe hopefully just till halftime because we all we know how well we make halftime adjustments. So um, you know, I think we'll probably coast in the second quarter. Maybe be a little half asleep the third. Maybe San Jose State gets a score or two. Then we kind of get things put back together, start running the football, and kind of grind out a win. Um, Hogs jump out quick, give up a score or two, uh, then then put grind out a couple boring touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Final score, Hogs, 42-17. to 17. All right, so good consensus there. All right, um, on to the sleeper picks. Uh, sadly, um, 
Tom Logan's the only one not to hit a sleeper pick yet. So, uh, Tom, we're going to give you first pick. So, Well, I've got a, several options. There's some good ones out there. I am going to go to uh, Champaign, Illinois, where oh, uh, Nebraska <laughs> oh, comes to town. Wow. Big Red, seven-point favorites on the road, Nebraska. Uh, still kind of reeling from uh, early season troubles. He ranked earlier in the year, I believe, and no longer ranked. And Illinois, you know, you you don't you don't go to sleep on Illinois. I mean, they're always oh, you do go mix. to sleep on Illinois. <laughs> they're always in the mix. They don't go to sleep if you got a five hour energy in you, Johnny. And uh, that's oh, what that I'm boy, feeling. That's, 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 what, <laughs> that's what I'm feeling right now. A lot of energy. A lot of energy coming from Champagne. And they're going to get it done. I think they're going to be honoring the uh, the nineteen eighty eight uh, Final Four team. Marcus Liberty will be there. Maybe Kenny Powell. <laughs> uh, and, and it's going to be Kendall huge. Gill. Kendall Gill. Kendall, Kendall Gill. Steve Bardo. Steve Bardo <laughs> I think so. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, Phil what was the uh, Lou. Uh, what was the Lou Hint? Lou Henson or yeah, Lou Henson? The, the Lou dude. Yeah, the Lou dude. The Lou dude. <laughs> They're all going to be there. It's going to be wonderful. The crowd's going to be jacked, uh, as it always is in Champaign for Illinois football. And uh, I like. Uh, Why I like are they celebrating the thirty-first anniversary? <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't. The I didn't read that closely. Anniversary <laughs> of the '88 Final Fourteen. That... I'm not. I didn't read that 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 closely. Hmm. I may have missed it, but I'm, I think Kenny okay. Battle will be there. He seems to always be okay. at games. And, uh, anyway, so uh, I'm going with the uh, line. I think they uh, pull it off and uh, in not convincing fashion, but fashion nonetheless. 27-24, Illinois. I, and, got, uh, I got one. Okay. Oh, sorry. I had Go ahead, JMG. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, it, it's games not in Lincoln, but they don't have any NCAA tournament teams to honor because they've still never won <laughs> No. Oh, nice. Tyrone Lou. That's, that's almost. Going red. All right, Johnny, go ahead. I uh, had a little, some good luck last week uh, going to the uh, Sunflower State. I'm going right back to Sunflower State. Kansas, oh, is, a, it, Kansas is a home dog. <laughs> I saw that. A four-and-a-half-point home dog against West Virginia. Bad. West Virginia, who struggled my – who struggled mightily against James Madison and Miss Missouri, put it together next last week against North Carolina State. But I think they're running into a buzzsaw the fighting last mile. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I am taking the Jayhawks. There is something brewing. They put the laid the wood last week to Boston College. Uh, something going on. That Jeff Long knows what he's doing, pal. He is no, Some people don't know football. Jeff Long does. He knows all about the, the footballs. <laughs> He loves this. He Jeff Long loves the sports ball, so uh, I'm going to take the fighting, the fighting, the fighting Kansas uh, Jayhawks. West Virginia comes to town, four and a half point road favorites. Kansas gets it done. Final score: thirty-eight thirty-five. You guys realize you picked Kansas and Illinois. <laughs> That's what football. I'm just amazed. This is football. At. This is. This is absolutely absurd, but hey, good luck, Patrick. I think the floor is wide open for you and I because I don't think any of the games we were thinking about been stolen yet. No, I wasn't. I passed over both of those without a second thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
Uh, Your loss. I can't wait. Logan and I will be laughing all. The, we'll be laughing all the way to the bank. Maybe uh, so. Phone in a minute so. when you hear Patrick and I pick, and you're like, "Oh boy, maybe that's that on the board." I am going to Pac-12 after dark. Um, oh, everybody the makes their money there. Been, team that I've been dancing with all year on sleepers, Colorado, headed to yeah. Tempe to play the Fighting Herm Edwards. Victors in a hard-fought battle, ten-seven at Michigan State last weekend, <clears throat> when Michigan State kicked the winning field goal but had twelve men on the field. Um, that'll hurt. That'll, that'll hurt. Car- Arizona State's nine-point faves in this. Seven now. It's. Uh, I think. I think. Vegas has this one wrong. I think Colorado's going to go in there and win the game. Uh, I just was not impressed by Arizona State last weekend. They just look inept on offense. I think one thing Colorado can do is score. Um, you know, I, I just like the Buffaloes. Probably, probably not the best choice on the board, but I do. That game jumped off at me. Uh, Colorado, thirty-five. Arizona State, fourteen. Can I have a nomination for Rock Fight of the Year? Because there is going to be an absolute rock fight in Evanston, Illinois, this week as Michigan State comes to play Northwestern. That's got that's got nine to six written all over it. <laughs> the over under, without looking, anyone want to guess what the over under is on that game? Forty nine. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. <laughs> Did anyone ever thirty eight points it was for El Asico? It's like forty one. Oh, I don't remember. I thought it was mid forty. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's just that this that's this this Michigan this this Sparty Northwestern game has just got rock fight written all over it. I will take the under in that all day long. Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, no, that's that thing was uh, uh, that was uh, on the list, um, but I decided to leave it off. Uh, national games, um, <laughs> close call. <laughs> Uh, well, it looks like we've got all Power Five weaklings are our uh, sleeper pick. So who am I to who am I to buck that trend? Um, I'm gonna go to Gainesville, Florida, and I'm gonna take Ooh. the Road Dogs. Uh, I'm gonna take Volunteers. Oh, I wow! Think, uh, wow! They uh, they bounce back. They beat uh, Chattanooga, a shutout over Chattanooga. A big in-state robbery. Again, we wouldn't know what that's like, so you don't know the intensity that goes into those in-state oh. robberies. Uh, we'll find out against Pine Bluff next year or the year, whenever we play them. Um, so, uh, and Florida, whoo, that's Kentucky, uh, escaped against Miami. I think they're running on borrowed time, though I did like the quarterback that, I mean, tough tough loss for Frank. You know, hate to see that. Um the freshman that came in, though, uh, looked pretty solid in the fourth quarter for Florida. So, it be interesting to see what they game plan, uh, what kind of D Jeremy Pruitt draws up. Uh, volunteers, you know, as I said, they're coming off a shutout. Uh, that defense is firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, just had that one fluke play against BYU from being 2-1 and one on the year. Um, really uh, circled the wagons after that Georgia State loss. So I like Tennessee to get this done, uh, twenty-three to twenty, and uh, I'm predicting right now that we go zero and four in sleepers. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so. There was a really good one on the board, and I can't believe no one jumped on it. 
Washington, uh, Washington uh, playing at Provo, BYU. Yeah, that's no, that's terrible. Really? BYU, <laughs> they're not going to win three games in a row like that. Like that. They're not going to do it. They're not good enough. Okay. Razor Pod push bad. Razor Pod, uh, whatever you call it, the the tiebreaker, season tiebreaker on that game. How about it, Jimmy G? Season tiebreaker? Yeah, like on, like if we end up with a tie, you and I. What? Yeah. If you, okay, sure. I like Washington by multiple scores in that game. So yes, I'm I'm in. Okay, awesome. There it is. It's on audio. Yeah. Uh, is it sponsored? <laughs> the season tiebreaker <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> Xbox One with its new Pentium chip. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Odyssey game system or Atari 2600 sponsors. Uh, not Xbox One. But anyway, that's the picks. All and right. The bonus season long tiebreaker pick. Woo. Wow. Put a, little, put a little bow on it. Uh, Tom Logan, we have mail. We do. We have actually quite a, quite a bit of mail. We got a couple of emails from our friend Jim in Tulsa. Uh, first writing in probably what we were all thinking, uh, which is how, how in the world did uh, Hicks start the game after watching Starkle uh, perform against Colorado State? Uh, great question. Uh, and, and the answer that Jim thought was probably the one same thing that we kind of talked about, I think last week, which was he had to have been promised something, but uh, in any event, uh, Jim also wrote in after the game and uh, he commented on the whole Stark only gets 30%, knows only 30% of the playbook. And uh, does he actually have room to improve? We'll see. Uh, Maybe the, maybe he knows the only 30% of the playbook that's good. Um, it would. Jim notes also it'd be nice to see the defense and offense play a good game at the same time. I'm not sure that's happened in the last I don't know decade or two. And he notes that the oh, thank you offensive line still struggling. Um, and it, you know wonders if there is hope. I, great question. I'm not sure it is uh, the offensive line and. The uh, snap is the subject. Uh, the the shotgun snap, the dead snap, is another subject for a, a writer. And we'll talk about uh, there. Uh, any any comments on whether or not this is a um, you know break or break year for Morris? And if so, who would replace him? Uh, you know, I don't think it is unless it's just you know uh, unless he loses out or something. And even then, it probably isn't. So I, I'm not sure that. That um, that there's really any possibility of him leaving, um, being forced to leave at least. So anyway, Jim, thanks for writing in. Uh, our friend uh, F15E pilot wrote in. Yeah, I don't think we've heard from him this year, so always good to get a good listener back. Uh, he uh, he noted about that I was mentioning the the Clary dead snap. You know, that always seems like it costs us a half a tick on the pitch back. But he found a uh, ESPN article apparently that uh, it's kind of a popular new item in college uh, football. I'm not sure why, uh, but for whatever reason, it is. And um, 
and who knows whether or not it's actually effective or not. And I think that, uh, I think that we were, the, it doesn't look so to us, but you know, who knows? He also notes, uh, Patrick, that the, uh, the email address listed on the podcast is still the old sbcglobal.net. <laughs> and, uh, we may want to update it to the actual, uh, pod, the actual Gmail address, which is razorbackpodcast at gmail.com. Razorpod Razorpod, I'm sorry. Razorpodpodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. Our friend, Friday Night Guy, wrote in briefly to say, my bad. Oops, my bad. I'm not... I'm not sure what exactly that was. I think he was talking about the Hogs quarterback. Yeah, he's a big Knicks fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not, talking about the historical thing from last week about. That's right. Okay. Um. Yeah, he, that's right. He he said maybe maybe Starkle isn't really better. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just you know bad. probably that guy. Thanks for writing in and uh, and owning uh, that miss. <laughs> um. And uh, Tracy wrote in with some positive news, and that is, even though we may be seventh in the SEC West, we may very well be eleventh or twelfth in the conference overall. Given Tennessee and Vander, Vanderbilt struggles, and even Carolina, unfortunately, as as Tracy notes, none of those teams are on our schedule. Um, <laughs> but uh, then he notes, and I think uh, it, progress from last year. This year on ESPN's highlights, we have the C.J. O'Grady touchdown run against Colorado State instead of the North Texas punt return uh, uh, fool fool the entire Razorback team that was all over ESPN. So we're moving up in the world on that. And then our uh, our friend uh, our friend Kirby wrote in. Our new friend Kirby wrote in. Um, Laughing uh, about Jimmy G and Johnny not hearing each other in the uh, in the in the podcast and tech issues providing high comedy, uh, but uh, but uh, Kirby um, asks uh, what the I still haven't heard a damn thing y'all have said in the last twenty minutes. <laughs> Are we still on? Are we still on? Hey, what is this, Adam Stockdale? Put up your ear horn. Anyway, um, Kirby <laughs> wondered, what, eh? what's the name? <laughs> the pod crew thought of. Uh, Where's uh, the beef? <laughs> the Petrino's return to the touchdown club and whether or not that means that he's coming back to be an assistant coach. Apparently, uh, her nine-year-old and uh, that nine-year-old's friends all believe Petrino is coming back as a cog assistant. Um, and... And Kirby, you know, there was some discussion, and there has been whether Kirby is a is a is a he or a she, and even uh, <laughs> and even Jimmy G floated the notion that may, she may be our first non-binary <laughs> listener, or uh, he. Uh, but I don't think you can use those pronouns when you're talking about non-binary. <laughs> but she he signed hey. Hey. signed Ms. Kirby M S Kirby uh, M S. That doesn't mean anything, Tom. That doesn't mean anything. No. What does that? I'm not sure, but in any event, we 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 have to be careful. Um, so we're we're not making any judgments here um, about Kirby. Uh, but uh, interesting question about Petrino. I wondered 
too, if he's angling for an offensive coordinator job. If he if he was, uh, I would welcome him back with open arms and along with his his Harley and uh, he could even bring back the volleyball player if he wants. A just anyway, that, question in in related to that. Uh, did he and Morris have any history? Does anybody know? Not that I know. Ever of. No. Been, not ever been on a staff together or anything like that. No. Did no. um did Kerry throw in the towel on the picks after her one or her he won in five weeks last week? She she he uh, um Ms. Kirby said something about that. Let me see. Um didn't get my picks in on time last week, but as it turned out, that probably didn't change my average for the week very much. Okay. So she, she, he, Ms. Ms. Kirby, Ms. Kirby, she's identifying as Ms. Kirby now, uh, has advised that uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe Ms. Kirby will send in picks later. Right now, I do not have them. Do we need to give Ms. Kirby or she a sponsor? Maybe. Maybe that, I that that's that really hard helpful. to do when you're not sure which side of the binary she's on. She he is on. Could have a you know like yeah you know, Pizza Hut or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean everybody likes Pizza Hut. Or you, you know, well we'll save that one for later. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for writing in, everybody. Tom Logan, is that the end of the mailbag? That's the end of the mailbag. All right. Well, thank you again for reviewing that with us. It is now rant time. Um, Jimmy G, you've kind of gotten a little bit of the, the shaft on being called on for rant, so I'll let you jump in there first if you got one. Uh, again, if, if I'm still baited bad for rant that he's been holding off on for a month now, but uh, I'll uh, that's my first rant, and then uh, – I've seen some like tweets and some like from our local riders about, uh, hey, hog fans, where are all these hog fans chirping now after we beat Colorado State? I'm like, what? I mean, so like true fans knew that we had this in us, that we could beat Colorado State? I hope so. Um, <laughs> I, it's like, what? I don't get it. It's like, so, hog fans that were critical of us being three and eleven our last fourteen games—that's well, that's off base. You know what do you expect? You know it's like don't tell people how to be fans. Uh, after we beat, it was a good fourth quarter. We offense looked good. There are positives, but let's not act like we're now in contention for the playoff because um, <laughs> we beat Colorado State. It's like you know, it's I don't know. It's I don't. I think our media goes out of their way to like tell our fans like how to be fans, and you know. I certainly don't want to tell them how to be like journalists, but um, you know they've got things they can work on. Um, <laughs> just like Joe, we can. Work Jimmy G, would you like to tell us what some of those things are? Well, um, normally, uh, even our longtime scribes who are veterans of the profession uh, usually don't criticize anything to do with the Razorback major sports until after a coach leaves or after an AD leaves. And then we hear about all the problems that were going on. But amazingly, while things are going on, uh, it's always, let's stay positive. Let's, you know, they got us on the right track. Uh, they've got to turn around. They're building a foundation. Uh, it's a process. Our fans expect too much. I mean, why in the world would anyone be 
disappointed with a two and ten season. Um, I, you know, it's just the same old crap from our media, and a lot of them do good work. I'm not they write good stories and stuff, but man, the preaching to the fans just drives me up a wall about how fans should act. And I don't, our fan base is crazy, but look, every major fan fan base of these big power five schools are insane. So I, I promise you, I, pro- I promise you, if Nick Saban went two and ten, they'd be calling for his head on a friggin' plate. <laughs> they would run it. him out of town. If they would run him out of town if he went two and ten. So don't tell me after we've we've we we we, we ascend to number five in the nation that 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 we we make a, a, a what that to me was a bad personnel hire a personnel decision, then a bad personnel hire, then another bad personnel hire. And we basically wandered in the wilderness with our only glimmer of hope being an eight-win season and a bowl win in 2015. Don't tell me that I'm impatient and that I'm unreasonable. Stop. Right. And and beating Colorado State, I was happy Saturday. I really liked what I saw in the fourth quarter. It was nice to see a team that didn't wilt in the fourth quarter, that actually dominated in the fourth quarter. Plenty of things to be encouraged about. But then to see our media get on Twitter and start chirping at our fans about where you at now, you negative Nellies. Like, what? We just beat Colorado State. We should beat Colorado State. We're favored by double digits. We shouldn't be tied in the fourth quarter with Colorado State. So, anyway, I just hate getting preached to by our media about, like, how we should be fans. Especially when most of us, like, I mean, I was at the game. I know Tom's been to a game. I know Johnny goes to a lot of games. Uh, Patrick... Uh, tries to go to some games. Um, so, <laughs> it's like, and we all watch or listen or do whatever we can. To, you know, the, and most fans do in Arkansas. They're rabid about the Hogs, and it's just, uh, you know, a little uh, constructive criticism. And some fans don't do that, but it's just, it's absurd. And I, you know, I would never tell somebody how to be a fan. I mean, the way some people are fans is not for me. Uh, some of the insanity out there. Like, I'm not a message board. I haven't been on the message boards in a decade, but some people like them, and uh, I know Tom Logan's a message board fiend. Oh, man. Shoo. Are you porkatarian? Uh, I think I think Logan is porkatarian. Let's start that, let's, let's start that rumor. He's, he's hognoxious. <laughs> I look forward to seeing uh, hognoxious at the baseball game. Oh. Oh, it's a fun treat. So anyway, that's my little rant. Okay, good, good rant as usual. Um, I'm I'm gonna make you wait one more week, not because uh, I'm fired up. I'm not fired up about the subject of my rant. I'm just not energetic enough. No, it's Jimmy G knows what it is. I'm just not. I haven't quite seen the one that pushes me over the edge yet. Your breath doesn't smell like Dr. Pepper tonight? Oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's insidious lacrosse infesting our college football, Jimmy G, and it's got to be stamped out. No, I'm actually going to, since I didn't have a chance to, I'm going to do a little praise slash high comedy on the Iowa, Iowa State game. Um, as, as much as this was built up, just – with the whole Elastico thing and the the way the game usually goes, it absolutely was a perfect typecast of Iowa Iowa State. I mean, from everything from the low score, not just toying with the under, but you know, no chance of it even getting close to the over, 
to the Iowa possession with a minute 45 left where they did two straight runs to burn the timeouts and then a pass to the sideline on third down, which caused them to run. Well short of the sticks. Well short of the sticks, <laughs> which the guy immediately tackled out of bounds, stopping the clock for free for Iowa State. So instead of punting with like under a minute left, I was punting back to Iowa State with like 135 or 140 on the clock. And then the Iowa State gunner runs into its own punt returner. <laughs> causing nailing. Just couldn't have done it better if he'd been wearing a white jersey. And the ball bounces off his back and Iowa recovers. And it, as Twitter went wild, it was. I mean, that was El Asico. It, it was literally, it bounced off his ass. Well, Johnny, uh, don't, don't forget, Johnny uh, called a LaMichael Petway touchdown. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, right on. It was like a double reverse pass flea flicker, too. It was great. I don't, it, it, stuff like that entertains me. Usually when a game like that, you know, so much is made, oh, it's low scoring, it's bad football, it's all this. That that doesn't usually happen. Oh, no, it happened in spades with this game. It, <laughs> the, the three and a half hour weather delay, it, just the whole thing was a complete <laughs> comedy of errors. And, just, and a testament to Ames, and a testament to Ames, Iowa. There was not an empty seat in the house after the three-hour rain delay. <laughs> I mean, that place I, was still full. We were sitting there talking on RazorPod last week that I think it was Jimmy G said, well, I'm sorry I won't get to see any of it because this game starts at the same time as the Razorback game. I think you saw every snap, didn't you, Jimmy G? <laughs> uh, from when the, the, After the second delay, I guess it was about 10 minutes left in the second quarter, I saw the whole thing. Oh. Uh, even <laughs> – even bypass watching most of OU and UCLA. And I remember sitting at uh, Mama G's house after we got back, and I was like, oh, the Iowa game's on. And at one point, I flipped over to the OU game. She was like, why are you not watching OU? And I was like, Mom, you can't pass up El Asico. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's too much. It's too good. And she was like, I'm going to go back. She hasn't had a needle pointed in a while, but I think it almost drove her to go back. <laughs> so anyway, that was just, it's not really a rant, but it Twitter afterward was pretty pretty good. It was a fun read. So. I, I've got I've got a quick one, <clears throat> and I don't I don't know his guy's name, and this is a very short rant. But I don't I don't know the guy's name on the SEC network. But the, the ginger, the redhead with the, the the big hair and the big beard, he's got more fur on his dome than a than a beaver pelt. But he is the most annoying dude I've ever seen and he is on that SEC network every commercial break and it makes me want to throw the TV out the window. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't uh, either. The redhead guy on SEC network with the big beard and the the, the, the huge hair. Marty Smith. Huh? Marty Smith? I don't know. I don't know who it is. He annoys the living See the guy on that's there. on the Academy sports commercials? Yes. Yeah, that's Marty. That's Marty Party. That's the Marty Party. Marty Smith. He is. He's nails on a friggin' chalkboard to me. Oh, he's bad. Oh, but his look. Um, His look is really good though. All that fur. He looks just great. Okay. He's got a. He's got the. They got Marty McGee on on Wednesday nights. I watched some of it tonight. Marty McGee, their Wednesday night uh, SEC show. It's on the SEC Network. Yeah. 
Marty sure. Party. Um, and it's a public service announcement. FSN right now, there's two minutes to go in the Iowa State game. <laughs> oh, uh, it's about time for the I magic would, to happen. I would <laughs> just knock down Purdy's uh, fourth and 13 pass to nobody. <laughs> the one, remember, the, remember with two minutes of fourth and 13, and Purdy just chucked it about 50 yards downfield. No one was there. So, yeah, uh, so for the Iowa guy had to actually restrain himself from he, catching it. Yes, he batted it. Just yeah, he batted it down. Batted it down. Yeah. Uh, Purdy, Purdy's looking out like, well, he clapped his hand like he almost just hit it, but it's not fine. <laughs> Tom, you got anything? No, I'm going to leave it, leave it be. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and sign off for this episode of RazorPod. Thanks for joining us as always. Patrick, uh, Patrick, Patrick. Sir? Patrick, we'd be remiss if we didn't give a quick shout-out. I don't know much about women's soccer, but I know North Carolina is really dominant. They're ranked number one in the nation, and the Ladybacks beat them 2 to nothing on Sunday. So, oh, wow. big up to the Ladybacks beating number one North Carolina. Oh, if oh, only wow. Jeff Long were still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a women's soccer tweet worthy. That would be worthy of a tweet. <laughs> okay. Um, anyone else have any concluding thoughts? Okay. Um Go ahead and say goodnight for this episode. We'll be back to you after the San Jose State game, and we'll look ahead to the big uh, Southwest Classic with uh, Texas A&M next week. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Okay. See you guys. All right.